and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Morning all. Morgan, how long have you been saved for? A year. Wow. Isn't that just absolutely incredible that this, for all the kids, they encountered such an amazing weekend over there and to hear what God's done in a baby Christian's life for her to impact the world around her. If that's not inspiring, nothing is, hey? So, which is so awesome. I love it. (laughs) May you be infectious to all of us oldies, so, as we embrace you, so... Let's pray. Thank you, Father. God, you are so incredible and so amazing. Lord, as we've, we've heard so many incredible testimonies of your goodness this morning, and Lord, we continue to believe that. Lord, we continue to believe that as we bring a sacrifice of worship this morning, that you honour that. Lord, that your words would be on my lips. Lord, I pray that the words of Kristen would drop to the ground. That the Lord, that the words of the most powerful God on most high would come now forth, Father God. Lord, we don't just want words of inspiration. We don't just want to be here. Lord, we want to be transformed. We want to grab onto your word and just run with it today, Father God. So, Lord, I pray for strength. I pray for healing right now for your supernatural power to outwork in this place. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. So I hope you don't mind if I sit. A little bit weak. Um, this year we've been studying a scripture as a church, Second Peter chapter 1. And uh, as I was sitting down pondering what I was going to speak on today, that scripture constantly resonated in my mind. And I think it's because as a home group, each and every week, we're constantly in that scripture. And uh, so you can't kind of get away from it at the moment. Isn't that right, Jody? <laughs> but I've chosen to pull out verse 3 this morning. So Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. I love this scripture. His divine power has given us all things. Through him, through his power, we have all things that pertain to life. So what do we have? All things. Isn't that incredible? All things. That's pretty much all we need to know. Is that right? Great, I can go home and go to bed. Fantastic. (laughs) No, I think think that uh, we forget this point, don't we? We forget that it's the all things of God because we tend to fall back into that striving, don't we? We tend to fall back into what do I need to do to make this happen? And I love too that he has given to us. It's past tense, isn't it? He's already given it to us. We don't have to find it. We don't have to seek it out. We actually just have to believe that we already have it from him. Life in the Strongs is Zoa, the state of one who is possessed of vitality or is animate. Life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed. I think You could do a word study on that word life and 
pull so much out of it. It is so incredible. We think about life and we just think it's the air that we breathe and existing on this planet. But the reality is, is that God is, has, he never intended for us just to coexist. He never intended just for us to, to be on this planet. His intent is actually for us to live an incredible life. Think about that for a moment. Active, vigorous, devoted to God. He has already given us all of this. Amen. Isn't that incredible? The challenge is we know the flip side all too well, don't we? And I know that for myself, I often find myself in that rut of life. Can anyone else relate to that? Where you just feel like you're going through the motions. Where you're not necessarily unhappy. You're not necessarily living a terrible life, making poor choices. But you're not exactly being intentional about life. You're kind of just getting up, putting one foot in front of the other and doing life again, going through the motions. Groundhog Day. Here we come again, around the mountain again. I catch myself in this place and I just want to slap myself. Why the motions? Why? Why do I choose that? Why am I not being intentional in this day? The problem that we experience is that everyone is fighting to take time from us. And most of the time, we're not fighting to gain that time back. We just go wherever the loudest voice is calling us or leading us. We become so driven by those things that are in front of us that they become all-consuming. Work demands keep piling up, so I need to work longer hours. The kids want to do soccer, swimming, and piano this year. That person has fallen into the pit again, so I need to drop everything. I'm sick, so I take pills, and here we go again around the mountain. Let's stop the merry-go-round. Let me off this thing. If we want to do more than just exist with life, we have a choice to actually be intentional about our life each and every day. I want to achieve something great. I want to have a closer relationship with God. I want to have great kids. I want to have a long life. None of these things are just going to happen. None of these things are just going to merely fall in our lap. But our actions seem to believe otherwise each and every day. Busyness is my pet peeve. But I am the worst offender. And I know, constantly. This year, I have constantly been going to God and saying, take this from me. Help me to lose this. I don't know where we pick this up, this need to fill every moment of every day, to, to be so busy and to, to produce so much. We run around like headless chooks. It's not good. It's not how God intended us to be. The problem is, is that as we declare war on busyness, busyness fights back with all of its might, doesn't it? And just when I think I'm getting my head above water and I'm gaining in that area, something comes along and just, you know, sweeps me off my feet and I fall back on my backside and have to start again. It drives me nuts when we allow busyness to take us from those things that are truly important. You know what? We all want the same basic things in life. We all need food. We all need clothes, shelter. We all need a roof over our head. We want a great family. We want good health. We want to impact humanity for him and we want to enjoy life. The challenge we have is managing all the tensions associated with that. 
It's actually managing the things that come in from the outside that are constantly pulling our attention, that are constantly trying to say, pick me, pick me. I'm important. I'm here. You have to address me. You have to do this. Jim Collins said, good is the enemy of great. Do you ever feel like you're so busy doing the good that you're missing out on the great? Do you think perhaps sometimes we settle for the good because we don't actually believe that we're going to obtain the great, that it's within the realm of possibility? But back to our second Peter chapter 1, God says that he has all things that pertain to the most incredible life that we could ever comprehend. So that says to me that we don't have to settle for a good life. We don't have to settle for going through the motions. We can actually go, you know what? I want a great life and I'm going to fight to obtain that. Proverbs talks about us storing up an inheritance for our children's children. And I often think about that because I think, well, God, there's plenty of people that that can't have or choose not to have children. And it's quite amazing that, again, when you actually look into that word, none of us are exempt because we're actually all one big family. And God has actually mandated each and every one of us that we have the responsibility to impact the generations to come. So none of us can sit there and say, nobody is watching the way that I live my life because that's not true. Not at all. For each and every one of us, one day we're going to have to give an account to this life that we've lived. So I constantly check my actions. What are they saying? What is, what is the motions of what I'm going through each and every day saying to Arabella? Or what's the motions of what I'm going through each and every day saying to Hannah Searle or Lucy Potter or Joel Butler? These kids are our next generation coming through and I am responsible to show them that God has given us everything that pertains to life and incredible life and godliness. Amen? Amen. Why don't we turn to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. So if he's already given me everything that pertains to life and godliness... How do I walk in that and stop trying to make it happen for myself? Because in all honesty, I don't think I'm doing such a great job at it. Matthew 6 and verse 33. Most of us would know this scripture. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. There's that word again, all. That little three-letter word holds such an incredible amount of power. Matthew chapter 6 prior to this verse talks about how much we worry about the basics of life, about food, clothing, all the essentials. But why do we bother? Do we not see that God takes care of everything? You know, it talks about the lilies of the field. It talks about the birds of the air. If God cares so much to take care of these, how much more for us that have been created in his image? 
So this key to the life we seek, to food, clothes, shelter, raising kids, loving God, introducing people to him, living a fantastic life is in this very scripture. If we seek him first, the rest he's already taken care of. The rest he's already done. The rest he's already added. Seek. That's our key. To seek is to crave, to demand something. Seek means to try to learn where something is or try to find as for searching for what is lost. To attempt to learn something by careful investigation or searching. Seeking in the present context speaks of a single-minded focus as when one's eye is single. Seek in the present tense. So what Jesus is saying is that the antidote to worrying is to make a daily choice to prioritize God's kingdom and righteousness. The world won't stop tempting you to seek its passing pleasures. And one of the best defenses is a good offense. In this case, seeking the things above where the king sits at the right hand of his father. Seeking is a heart issue. And if we seek an audience with the King of Kings, fellowship with him will serve to gird and protect our hearts from the allure of the futile kingdoms of this world. Notice that Jesus is not suggesting but commanding to all the citizens of the kingdom of heaven who still live on this earth to cease making material things as the center of their life. He says, stop worrying. Stop worrying. Instead, the believer's lifelong pursuit is not for the things, but for the presence, the pleasure and the person of Lord Jesus Christ. What Jesus has done is reduce what we seek for two effective categories, the essentials of life versus God's kingdom and righteousness. Seeking for the former will make us anxious and worried. Seeking for God will give us peace that passes human understanding. Isn't that incredible? That's what we seek. That's what's the, at the other side of this craving, this demanding something more, this going deeper, this single focus, this not getting getting weighed down with the things and the busyness of life around about us. In order to live an incredible life, we're going to need that peace that passes all understanding because life is going to happen. We can think that we've got all the bases covered, but there's no guarantees. Who knows that in life there are many surprises. There are those things that come and slap us up the side of the head. (laughs) That just when we think that everything's falling into place, just when we think everything's going great, life reminds us that actually it's not within my power. I can't ensure that everything goes all right. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life. 
which he has given you under the sun. All your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift, nor battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. The wisdom of Solomon. He lived that life, didn't he? He sought the wisdom of God. He asked for that and God gave him riches and favor on top of that and still life came and smacked him around. This is life. We can't shore it up. No amount of wisdom, no amount of knowledge that we try to gain can ensure that life doesn't happen to us. The only thing that we can do is to seek, is to have that single focus, is each and every day to fight back. Be happy and enjoy life. Don't settle for mediocre life. Work hard in whatever you're doing. Don't be foolish as to gear your life around your abilities. Life happens and nothing is certain when it's in and around ourselves. What are my priorities? We all have time in our day. That is our choice. Each and every day, the demands of life. There are so many incredibly good things that are vying for our attention. There's so many good things that we can always be putting our hand to. But good isn't great. And God's asking us today, stop settling for good. Because I have for you all things that pertain to life and incredible life and godliness. So don't settle. Don't settle for good. Fight back. Do I stay late at work or do I go home and tuck the kids in? Do I sleep in or do I spend time with him? Do I go to the beach or do I go to church? Do I bury my head in the sand and eat whatever I want or do I educate myself? Do I cook just for my family or do I invite someone else to come and join us? There's a quote out there that says, you tell me how you spend your time and your money and I'll tell you what you're seeking. I preach this message to myself above anybody else today. So I hope you hear my heart that there is no condemnation in Christ. But sometimes I think we just need a little healthy checkup. Sometimes we actually need to be reminded That God has so much more than what we are settling for. So much more for our families. So much more in our life. So much more in our businesses. So much more for our church than what we're settling for. But he's not going to do it for us. He's not going to force us. He's not going to put those things just in front of us for us to stumble over. He said, 
We have to seek. It comes back to us. We have to look. No one and nothing can take your choice from you. The question is, do we trust God at his word? That when we seek him and his righteousness, that he will help us fit the rest in. That he's got the answers to all the questions. That he knows ahead of things how it all works. We work so hard because we want to provide for our families. We want them to have food and clothes and shelter. But again, we actually need to remind ourselves this isn't our responsibility because God's taken care of all of these things. He's asked us to be good stewards. He's asked us to put our hand to the plough, to, to work hard in the things that he's put in front of us. The reality is we can't all quit our jobs and just go and spread the love all day. It doesn't work like that, does it? But there's still plenty of hours in the day that are our choice. The question is, are we going to put up a big fight? Are we going to enter the ring and are we going to start laying some punches? And are we going to start saying, you know what? I take my life back. I take back the choices. I take back the things that have been taken from me that I never granted. That busyness for the sake of being busy. That driving ourselves into the ground. What is it? Why are we stuck? What hope do the generations to come have if we can't figure this out? We have to figure out how to live a great life. What does a great life look like? Loving God with all of our heart. Because out of that flow the issues of life. Out of that, I impact the world around about me. Out of that, I raise incredible children. Out of that, I have a business that impacts the community of Noosa. Out of that, those that are seeking God are going, what is it? What have you got? What is so different about you? Because I want what you've got. I want that ability to get up when I'm knocked down. I want that ability to not be so focused on being busy each and every day. You know, we know that our kids, they don't want us to provide everything for them. They just want us to be present. They just want us to love them. They just want us to show them the heart of the Father. That is the most incredible inheritance that we can possibly pass on. Somehow this needs to be in front of our face each and every day. Because kids are still kids. Mom, I want to do soccer. Mom, I want to do swimming and gymnastics. And before you know it, your whole Saturday is taken running around doing all of these activities. It's beautiful to be able to bless your kids with things. But remember... God has given the wisdom to us. God has given us wisdom each and every day to say, you know what, you think that this is what you want. But actually, God's given me the wisdom to know that this is long-lasting. Long after the piano recitals end and you're bored of that, 
is going to be your parents sowing into you. It's going to be this community loving you and raising you and showing you God each and every day. Those things are going to ring out to eternity. And just like that, we've got to trust that our Heavenly Father knows best for us. That when we say, but I have to do this, he says, oh, but you don't. Oh, but you don't. Because that I've already taken care of. Come over here and seek me. Come over here and see what wisdom can be found in me. Jodie Lewis and I keep having this conversation of late because I can empathize with her. She keeps saying, all I can hear is your husband in my head saying, how much do you want it? And I empathize with her because not only do I have to deal with him in my head, I have to deal with him 24-7. So I feel your pain, Joe. But the statement is still true. How much do we want it? All the time. We're saying, I want this, I want that. But then we let the good come in and steal us from the great. We let life happen. Do you know what? It's not going to be easy. It's not because all these things, they still need to be done. We still have to mow the lawn. We still have to wash the dishes. But I refuse to believe that God has placed us on this planet to fail and to strive. I refuse to believe that he doesn't have the wisdom for us each and every day to be able to show us How can I mow the lawn and still love my kids? How can I mow the lawn and still impact humanity? How can I grow my business and still nurture my wife? How can I do all of these things? Because it overwhelms us, doesn't it? Because we say, no, we don't have enough time in the day. It's not possible. The beautiful thing is we get to stop figuring out all those other little things because he's already done it. We come back to the Father and we say, you know what, God? I trust you. I trust that when you say you've taken care of this, that you've taken care of it. I take you at your word. So instead of choosing those things, I choose to seek you to find you, to worship you, to find that wisdom and then take that out into my day and make it count. Turn a life that is good into a life that is great. And there goes my notes, so I didn't need them anyway. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Am I just preaching to me today? Or do we need this? Do we need to be reminded of this? My mum reminds me constantly of those things that I need to hear. My spiritual mums remind me of the things that I need to hear. We need to do that for each other. Because we get bogged down. And we don't see. We simply don't see. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning?
It's going to be a big shift for many of us. The getting out of the rut. They say that a rut is just a, uh, a grave with the ends kicked out, don't they? <laughs> so let's do more than that. Let's get out of that rut. Let's get out of that grave and declare war on our life. Let's stop to ponder before we add things to our life. Let's actually seek God in these things. And don't get discouraged. When we get tied up and when we fail today and when we're busy and we we forget it, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. And his mercies are new for us in that day. Would you put your hand on your heart with me today as we pray? Father, we thank you for your word, for your truth. Lord, we thank you that you want us to live an extraordinary life. That for your children, you have only the best. Only the best for them. You want them to live a life that counts. You want them to live a life so full of abundance. You want them to live a life so full of joy. And God, we know that in and of ourselves, this is not possible because we've tried for so long and we've failed. And so God, right now, for where we've put busyness in front of you, we repent. We say we're sorry. We say we're sorry for where we've allowed life to make choices for us, where we've just been tossed in the wind, where we haven't been intentional. And God, we declare right now that we're stepping in the ring. We're not going to be spectators. We're not going to sit on the side. We're not going to watch life pass by because we want to live an incredible life. We want to live a great life. So God, we choose first each and every day to seek your face. Lord, in all circumstances, Lord, yours is the wisdom that we seek. As we work, as we raise our kids, as we do things around the home, as we interact with each other, yours is the wisdom that we seek above all else. Show us. Give us wisdom. You intended for there to be more, so more is what we're asking for. God, I thank you for this incredible group of people. I thank you that they sit here today because they say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then we will trust. We will trust that all of these things are given unto us. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy to all of us, Father. In your precious name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.